0: Well, good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. Sometimes things just go in a different route, don't they? And uh, you just have to go with the floor. It's good to be here this morning. Um, Susan, my wife, those of you who know, she is my wife, uh, isn't well this morning, but she just sent me a message uh, saying that she's watching on the link and would Lorraine just lower her music stand because she can't see our lovely face. So there you go, Lorraine. There you go. I thought I'd escape because, you know, those of you who preach, you know your worst critic is your wife. And I thought I'd escape this one because she wasn't going to be here, but she's watching. So hi, Susan. Hello. And, and welcome to all those other people who are watching and all our friends who we really wish were here amongst us, but for different reasons aren't with us this morning. We just give you a warm welcome to our service this morning. So we start Advent and we're looking at the cast of Christmas how many here have ever been in a nativity play at any time in their lives? Right, I'm going to embarrass you now. Terry, what were you in the nativity play? Joseph. Joseph. Who else put the hands up? Paul, did you put your hand up? What well, you were? Tim, what were you? A star. Ah, oh, he's been twinkling ever since. There you go. Okay, anybody else? Anybody? A shepherd? Uh, oh, that's very appropriate for you, Kareen. Val? A Virgin Mary, right? Oh, very lovely. Did you have a lovely doll with you to, to hold? Anybody else? Come on. Mary. Mary. You were Mary as well. Anybody else? A wise, man. a wise man. That's very appropriate for you, Sean. Lex, were you ever anything? a sheepdog right okay never seen that i've never seen a picture of a sheepdog anybody else good good um i've got to tell you i was once in a nativity play the closest i got was opening and closing the curtains shows something about my acting skills what about different characters of, of the, all different characters that people have played in the nativity? And some of them come to mind straight away, don't they? But the prophets play a leading role in the cast of Christmas. Did you realise that? Some of you scratching your head. The prophets, what did the prophets have to do with Christmas? Anybody? Yeah? The snow's coming down, I can see it out that window and there. We've got plenty of coffee and tea and biscuits. We can last a little while this morning. What do the prophets have to do with Christmas? Well, it was actually the prophets throughout the Old Testament who told everybody that Christmas was going to happen. They all said, somebody's coming and he will be a Messiah. He'll be the Savior. But I want to tell you this morning that actually something happened earlier than the prophets. And... um, the, the earliest time, uh, we can go on to the next one, Sean, was uh, in Genesis. Did you realize that part of the cast of Christmas is found in Genesis? Yeah? This is going to test your theology and your thinking here, right? Because... Right back in Genesis, we read these words, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And that's, of course, the story of Adam and Eve when uh, they gave in to sin and sin came into the world. And that verse there tells us that something's going to happen in the future that will put that right. And it says there that, between your offspring and hers. So that's the offspring of Adam and Eve. Something would happen. Well, of course, Jesus was of the offspring of Adam and Eve. Everyone was of the offspring of Adam and Eve. And something was going to happen that would change and crush the head, get rid of the thing that the the, uh, serpent had brought into the world, that sin had brought into the world. So there we have a forecast that something's going to happen in the future. That's going to change the world. Now, if you're a student, and no, some people might know this, it's called, I'm sure Tim did this when he was at college, proto-evangelium, right? If you know nothing else, go home and remember that word. Proto, can you all say it together? Proto-evangelium. And it's a compound of two Greek words which point, which proto's meaning first, and evangelium meaning good news or gospel. So I guess that's where the word evangelism comes from, good news of the gospel. So right there in Genesis, we find a reference to Christmas. Strange that, isn't it? Right there in Genesis. But then the whole of the Old Testament, as we move on and look at the prophets, is uh, a reference to Christmas. And the big one that we always remember at Christmas is this one from Micah. Where Micah says, But you, Bethlehem, Epaphlaath, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of whom you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. So it's not amazing that Micah, 700 years before Jesus, wrote exactly where Jesus would come from from Bethlehem. And then as history went on and time took on, we found that that's where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now, anybody who says that's a coincidence obviously just wants to say the Bible's rubbish. But isn't it just amazing that the, the Old Testament facts confirm the things that happen in the New Testament and with Jesus? And what's really great about this is all the prophets are pointing to the New Testament. The whole of the Old Testament is just a story that points to the struggle that went on with people, with God's people, with Israel, and points to the New Testament. Then we move into Matthew, and we find another prophet who's actually in in the New Testament. And of course, it's John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was pointing, he's another cast of Christmas, because he was pointing to Jesus being the Messiah, and he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. But after me one comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John the Baptist was talking about Christmas, was talking about Jesus coming, the birth of Messiah so and now next one Sean please yeah so the prophets are all about all of the Old Testament about preparation and uh, sometimes we get to Christmas don't we and we start to panic I have a friend in, in a church in Lumley who goes out and buys all his Christmas presents for his family on Christmas Eve Uh, I would panic if I had to do that, but he does it because he reckons everything's cheaper on Christmas. (laughs) Eve. I'm not too sure that's true these days, but Christmas is about preparation. Terry talked about him and Margaret starting to get things out and putting Christmas decorations up and and getting ready. And I guess that's probably sparked some of you to think, well, maybe I need to start uh, getting things prepared. Some of you, if you're well organized, have probably got anybody here got all their Christmas presents bought and wrapped up ready to go. Elizabeth Oh, that's amazing, isn't it? I'll come and find out what you bought me later on, but never mind. That's great. Uh, So Christmas is all about preparation. And the Old Testament is about preparation for Jesus' coming, preparing the way. John even used those words, preparing the way for Jesus. Now, have you ever considered... How you would prepare for work or school if you expected Jesus to be sitting there when you arrived? So if you were heading to work and when you got there you knew Jesus was going to be sitting on the next desk. How would you prepare for church if you knew that God Almighty was going to show up and meet you when you got here? So it wouldn't be Janice welcoming you on the door. God would be welcoming you on the door. How would you feel about that? How would you spend your time getting ready in the morning if you knew the Holy Spirit was just waiting to tell you something amazing as soon as you were ready to listen? Eh? Holy Spirit waiting to talk to you when you're ready to listen. If you knew you were living in the last days, Sarah hinted about this. If you had a minute just to say something to God, what would you do? What would you say? Would, things, would you do things differently? Sam talked last week and played that song, Larry Norman. There's another one, Sam, I don't know whether you know, called Walking Backwards Up the Stairs, Trying to Get Somewhere. That's another favorite one of mine from Larry Norman. But the song, um, Life Was uh, Filled With Guns And Wars, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. If we had such expectations, how would our day be different? But you know, the reality is, Jesus is here. His Spirit is here. His Spirit's here amongst us. His Spirit wants to talk to us. He wants us to listen to what He's got to say. Are we prepared to do that this morning? Do we live our lives as if God is with us? Are we prepared for Jesus? Just some reflection on those words. This is what I might be expecting this morning for the next week. I'm not expecting and preparing to be stressed out and overwhelmed. I'm not expecting things to fall apart. I'm not prepared, expecting to be defeated. I'm waiting expectantly for God to come through for you and for me. I'm waiting expectantly for God to be revealed in our lives. I'm waiting expectantly knowing that he is preparing me for heaven and chiseling away at the hardness of my heart. I'm waiting expectantly for the plans he has for you, for me, and for this church. I'm waiting expectantly for his kingdom to advance. I'm waiting expectantly for the lost to be found and the blind to see. I'm waiting expectantly for his love to be made known to a hurting and dying world through you, through me, and through this church. I'm waiting expectantly for Jesus to return and claim his bride. Emmanuel, God with us. God has come. We've been rescued. And through his rescued, we've been saved and brought back home. So the prophets had a message there. The prophets were pointing to Jesus that he would come. And we know from history, we know from our own experience that Jesus has come. He is here. He is dwelling among us. Are we living lives that reflect that expectancy of his presence. Angels. we have prophets and angels. Angels are a fascinating thing. In America, they do angels in a big way, don't they? They have households with pictures of angels, and they have their guardian angels, and they're really going angels in a big way. Uh, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but uh, sometimes we've got to keep things in, in perspective. Angels, what do angels look like? Eh? What's your image of an angel? Who was an angel in the nativity play when they were younger? Anybody? What did did you look like? I know you look beautiful because I can remember seeing you, but what did you have on? A white dress. So all angels are dressed in white, do you think? I think you had some wings, didn't you? Yeah, wings. Have angels got wings? Straw pole, who thinks angels have got wings? Some people are not sure. Pass it. Hey, (laughs) play safe. Don't put your hand up. That's great. Yeah, well, we we have this image of angels, don't we, from the Christmas story when the host of angels came and sang and uh, glowed and maybe it was like that. I'm not sure. I don't know. Who who drew these pictures wasn't around at the time, so how do they know what it looked like? Or are angels like warriors, like that picture on the bottom right-hand side with a sword in the hand, and and uh, you know they're there and mighty warriors of angels? I'm not really sure, but I tell you what, if I'd been in that field where the shepherds were and that angelic host of angels that host of angels appeared. How would I have felt? Well, I think I'd have been a little bit fearful. Yeah? Hence, when the angels spoke, they said, Fear not, I bring you good tidings of great joy. For unto you in this day in the city of David is born a Savior who will be Christ the Lord. Angels. Then let's move on to the next verse. So this is what in Luke we see. Suddenly a great company of a heavenly host appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about peace, right? Because as I've read this, I've realized that my understanding of what peace these angels brought And what actually they were were talking about are two different things. My thought was that peace on earth would be where all nations lived in harmony together. We'd never fall out with our neighbor. We'd never fall out with our friends or our family. We'd have complete peace. Yeah? Is that what your thoughts are? Peace on earth? No? Yeah? It is. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's one level of peace. But actually, I want to suggest to you this morning that that isn't the peace that the angels were singing about. The angels were singing about a peace, it says, to those, back again, Sean, you jumped too quick, on earth peace, <laughs> peace to those on whom his favor rests, Right? And I think what this peace is, when I've looked into it, is it's peace between you and God. It's another word for salvation. It's we have peace with God. Justified, the verse says, justified by faith, we have peace with God. And we can strive for worldly peace, but the peace that God's given us is peace with Him. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we've accepted the salvation He's brought and we have peace. And, and that should mean things like when somebody says to us, are you going to heaven? We don't go, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm good enough. I don't know whether I've done enough good things in my life. Because salvation wasn't consider- con- conditional on what you did in your life. Salvation is conditional on what Jesus has done on the cross For each one of us so we can have peace with God and that's peace of knowledge that we are his and we are saved and we go into heaven that's what he promises peace with God now we can strive for peace on earth and you know many many people have strived for years and years politicians have strived leaders of countries have strived wars have been caused and people have strived for peace but the peace we get from God is that peace which the, script, the verse says you caught a glimpse of there. The next one, Sean. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. We can have that peace. That peace is ours if we trust and accept the Lord Jesus as our Savior. Now we have a duty as well as Christians to attempt to bring peace to other people, and uh, we we try that. We we you know we generally we're all peaceful people, and uh, we try to bring peace to other people. But the peace we have of knowing that we are Christ's and He is ours is what we sing about in our songs often, don't we? Many of the words talk about I am yours and He is He is mine and I am yours. Uh, is a peace that we have with Jesus. Justified, as I said, by faith we have peace with God. Now, I want to suggest to you this morning, let's just move on to the next one, Sean. We go back to the nativity scene. Before we can declare peace to other people, we need to have peace ourselves. If we're not peaceful people, if you come across somebody and they're argumentative and They're upset, or they're grumpy, or hungry, hungry, or what the word that we use now. Um, It's hard to get peace from that person, isn't it? We get peace from peaceful people. We get peace from people who are calm, who are uh, who who get into who can be in a difficult situation, but keep a calmness and an air of uh, calm in in the storm. If we're to be those sort of people, then we can share peace with other people. If we're argumentative people, if we're uh, unhappy people, if we're sad people, if we're grumpy people, we're not sharing that peace with other people. It's really lovely when you do home visits with people, and uh, and, and I've done a few home visits through the years where... Uh, I've thought, oh, I really can't be bothered to go tonight. I'd rather just stay in the house, and I'm going out on this cold night to see this person. And then I've gone along, and that person has just been at peace with themselves and with God. And you come away just glowing because that peace has rubbed off on you. They've shared that peace with you. So we need to be peaceful people if we're going to share God's love and peace with others and so with that in mind there's two things I just want to say first of all do we really celebrate that peace that we have relationship with God our worship is about saying God thank you for what you've done thank you for the peace you've brought into my heart that I'm going to heaven that you you know you want to bless me you want to live with me you want to walk with me you want to be beside me day by day, when we come to worship or when we're doing our own private devotions, do we express that to God? Do we celebrate that peace that God has given us in Jesus? And secondly, I just want to ask this morning, are we able to show peace in our lives? And sometimes, you know, there are times in our lives when we don't feel peaceful. Sometimes, we've got to admit, there are times when we think, I don't even want to go to church. I don't feel like it at the moment. Sometimes that's during times of sorrow. Sometimes that's times of uh, family disputes and things like that. Uh, where we just don't feel peaceful. Uh, but we can have that peace that passes all understanding. If we just trust in Jesus. So this morning what I like to do is just have a time of prayer. Because I think there's some people here who are feeling quite upset at the moment who feel they've got a grievance with somebody and it hasn't been sorted out perhaps it's been going on for years and every day you think why hasn't this come to an end maybe it's something you've got to do maybe it's something somebody else has got to do but i just want to pray for each one as we start this advent period that we'll all know that peace And that we'll all have such a peace in our hearts and lives that we can share the peace of God with other people. So we're just going to pray now. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit just to touch our hearts and minister to us. Father, I thank you for our time together. Thank you particularly for those people who haven't come, who need our prayers at home. And uh, we want to bless them as well. So wherever you are today, whether you're in this congregation or whether you're sitting at home, Uh, or whether you're uh, somewhere else in the country, Father, we pray that your Spirit will just move in our hearts now. Will you touch each one of us? And where there's anguish and upset, Father, will you now, as we invite you, just bring peace into our hearts and into our lives? Holy Spirit, will you just show us how we can move forward with people who have upset us, with people who seem argumentative, who seem aggressive, who seem troubled. Help us to have words of peace in that situation. Those who are angry and perhaps angry with God because of circumstances. Father, bring peace into those situations. Those folks who are worried about news of new COVID strains and perhaps lockdowns and worries about what that might mean, Father, bring peace into the hearts of those people. Christmas is meant to be a time of joy and family and happiness, but for many it isn't, Lord. Help us to bring peace and love into every situation. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we can celebrate his coming because he brings peace into our lives. Amen.